Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry. Joining me today, I've got I've got Terry, uh, who I haven't seen in a while, and we've got Andy, aka El Pivote. Gentlemen, how are you today? I'm good, man. It's good to be back on. It's nice to uh, have a first episode with, uh, with Andy as well. Been looking forward to this. Good, yeah. Good day, yeah. Busy, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I made the mistake of saying gentlemen, and then you did that thing where you're like, "Oh, we're we gonna answer at the same time." So from now on, I'll I'll cue you one by one, all right, just to make it a little easier. Um, a lot of football happening recently. Um, not a, a whole lot of Everton-based stuff, though. Uh, I, I will say that I think we I got to watch the uh, Copa America final on Sunday, so I got to see Richarlison do a a wacky run up, and then. Put out, put away a pretty, pretty fine penalty after the run-up scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so yeah, I remember it. I feel like the last time I saw him take a take a penalty didn't work out too well. So I was no holding my breath on that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so that was good. And uh, well, then the U.S. women did well. So that's something something good football related to having to do with the U.S., which I'm not used to. So. Thought that was kind of great, and then there's all this like political back and forth between the team and the president, and it's just I like, really, I what world is this? Team on that one, really. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, that's that's what I'll say before, without getting into a whole lot of yeah. Terry and I have these discussions often, <laughs> <laughs> not on the air, but we have them off. You know, like an hour later, we're like, wow, we've been talking politics for an hour. Great, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that or movies. So. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of football stuff's happening, but not a ton has been happening so far this summer as far as, uh, transfers or whatnot. We did have the, uh, recent, uh, I guess the friendly in, uh, in Kenya. Was it in Kenya? That's where it was, right? Arabongi Sharks, yeah. Yeah. And I got to see part of it. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you whoever, whoever shares stuff on Twitter. Appreciate (laughs) being able to see some of that. Uh, but yeah, and you know, I, I, did anybody expect us to go in there and just play our strongest 11 and plow through it? I didn't. No, it's, it's, it was, it's one of those, isn't it? That's says preseason. You've got to understand that the players looked unfit. You know, there's a lot of young lads in there, you know, the centre back, you know, it wasn't really good. See, I don't expect much in preseason as long as by the end of preseason, they all look fit. That's all I need. Mm. Glorified training exercises, aren't they? I mean, I just wanted to just come through it and have a, our newest player, Andre Gomez, who's ours now, uh, to be without an injury. I just I always dread those first preseason games because they're the ones that you've got the most chance of picking up injuries with because you don't know what condition people have kept themselves in. But uh, you could think you could tell by looking that Andre Gomez keeps himself in pretty good condition. Yeah, he's got a team of like ten people working on his beard, so I'm assuming the rest <laughs> of his body is just. Tip top. Uh, I remember last season in the preseason, and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but I've I've heard that one of the things that Silva likes to do before preseason games is run like training sessions before the games, so that, frankly, it, it becomes a fitness exercise even more so. You know what I mean? So, I, I thought that if we end up looking a little bit a little bit ragged, it would make sense if I'm putting it together from last summer. You know. 
Yeah, it's like two days in American football, you know, that's the type, type of mm-hmm. sort of training. So they use the, the match as an extra bit of, you know, run exercise, ball work. And yeah, I think she still wants to get them up. You know, I think he'll sort of not do as much this preseason because obviously we're much more used to what, what he wants, what his standards are. Because obviously he don't want to burn out late in the season. But I think, yeah, he likes to push them early in preseason. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that, that was one of those things like every single one of these games, I'm not expecting much. I just I, I want to see some flashes here or there. I want to look and see how the young folks are doing, and that's uh, and, and hope for no injuries. And right out of the gate, um, Mola Lookman pulled up with an ankle issue. We'll talk more about Lookman later because <laughs> some stuff has come out uh, today about him. So we'll 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 go into his situation uh, a little bit later. Um, anyway. Uh, just to, to kind of sum up how the show is going to work today, um, we're going to start by talking about uh, transfer situation, wingers and forwards. Uh, depends on the system, what you refer to them as, so, you know, we'll, we're not worried about that right now. But, uh, but basically, we're going to talk about the, the different options, our winger situation, or, you know, who we actually have to choose from now, who we might be looking at, and who's already kind of bowed out of the race, so to speak. Um, so we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, then we're going to talk about Joe Williams, uh, one of those young players, maybe on the cusp of being in the in the first team this season. So we'll talk about him. Uh, if you don't know who Joe Williams is, well, pay attention. Uh, that's all I'll say for now. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll go quiz. All right, starting eleven quiz. This one is from years ago. That's what I'll say. Years <laughs> years ago. I don't want to give too much of a hint because then these guys will get there photographic memory is going and they'll already know the lineup before I start. So uh, let's uh, let's go into forward talk. Um, right now we're in a situation where, you know, uh, Richarlison uh, and uh, Bernard, technically they're, bo- they're both, both of their, their best position is uh, that left forward, you know, uh, Richarlison ended. Oh, see, I knew you were going to get there, Terry. We'll we'll discuss that in a minute too. <laughs> but uh, Richarlison looked good at the end of the season on the right. Um, additionally, uh, he's played in the center at that center forward position, which may have, was that what you were referring to, Terry? And uh, no, it was small, oh, on the right. On the right, yeah. really? Ah. Yeah. I figured it because I've heard some people say they think his best positions at center forward, like regardless. So, yeah, see, there you go, Andy. For those of you listening, Andy raised his hand if you couldn't hear. Uh, here, I yeah. heard a crack of thunder yeah. when he did that, but maybe you did not. So, I think Richarlison was playing on the left for Brazil this past weekend. Um, but basically, he's one of those, he's probably going to get into the lineup regardless. Um uh, Bernard, another one looked looked really good on the wing. Probably, you know, created a lot of options for us. Who we need? We need creators in there. That was nice. Um, and uh, I, I'm trying to focus more on the outside forwards today rather than the center forwards. So I won't go into thinking about strikers we might need. Um, Lookman, uh, Andy, you want to talk a little bit about what's what's going on with Lookman uh, as far as what yes, has come but- out today? So yeah, obviously Leipzig. Obviously interested in taking him back. He had a good loan spell there a couple of years ago. He scored, you know, things of things for seven goals. Got a couple of assists. Did did well. Ralph Ragnick, who's the sporting director, he was the manager last season. He uh, wants him back so Nagelsmann can play him this season. I think it's probably time for Luckman to go. You know, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a really good player. It's just that Marco Silva obviously 
doesn't want well wants more from him in training. They sort of don't seem to be in, in, in sync with that. And you know, with as you say, Bernard and the Charleston sort of in place, and possibly a new winger coming in. There's not really a place for him to start, and I think he wants to play football. So I think it's time for him to, to probably move on. Uh, I under you know, I, I think his attitude problems for me have been slightly overblown. I know sometimes on the pitch he can look sort of lax and things like that. But I just don't think that, you know, he's had a bit of a bad look at Everton. You know, Sam Aldice doesn't play young players, of course. And Ronald Koeman, we don't know what system he was going for in those you know, you know, that that, that year. So at the end of the day, I think and with Silva, as I say, he's bought two players in, Richarlison for a lot of money and Bernard's on a lot of wages. I think they, they have to be first choice. So Luckman's an unfortunate uh, product of circumstance, if you will, despite his talent. Uh, Terry, um, how you feeling about Lookman's uh, possible, po- possible or probable exit coming up uh, pretty soon? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, I do like the player, but it's it's an ill fit. Lookman at Everton, it always it seems like it always has been. We we've all wanted him to do well, and a lot of the time when it ha- he hasn't done well, it's not always been his fault. I mean, Andy's touched on it there, though. I think is Lookman's best positions in the team. In, in his perfect world would be either as a left forward or behind the striker and both of those positions there's you know, major players in front of him so he's never going to play behind the striker because Gilfie Sigerson's there and he's never going to play on the left because there's two players who were brought in by this manager who are ahead of him in that we tried him on the right it's not very effective it's, it's time to just you know cut our losses and you know sort of hold our hands up and go we gave this several seasons several managers uh, but the lad's just not going to, he just doesn't fit. He's an, he's an ill-fitting piece. So let's let him go. Let him, you know, go and have his career. We, you know, he, he did stay last season. We asked him to, he didn't really want to. And at times in the season, I did feel like he was, you know, committed. He was trying to break into the team. It just didn't happen. So, you know, not all's well that ends well. I Hopefully, and he goes on to Leipzig and does well. Yeah, I mean, I I think, it, I'd agree. I think it's 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 circumstances, it's really unfortunate the way he's been dropped in here. Um, I think there's a player there, and I and I don't really blame him for wanting to play. I think it's just certain players that are okay with with riding it out and and kind of paying their dues. And there's certain players who want to want to play immediately. And uh, I think there there's personality benefits to both. There really are. Um, can I just say as well, I think with Luchman as well, I think if you look at the players that we could possibly sell, he's one of the most you know, attract interest. You can actually get you know, a decent fee. And I think you know, with your Balassies and your, your Morellas, you're basically giving away for nothing to get the wages off the books. Whereas with Luchman, you're going to get a nice bit of money for him. You can put that towards a Malcolm or whoever we're going to sign, as we'll talk about soon. But I think that's why Everton are looking to sell him. I think Silva probably says, I'm not going to probably use him as first choice next season. Brands is thinking, we've got a saleable asset. Let's move him on. Similar to Anyakoru as well in that case. And I know I was a lot more sensitive about losing players like that before I realized the type of players we'd be looking at to replace them. Mm. I'm looking at this list of players that we might be interested in. I'm pretty pleased. You know, I know I know there, there, there's some of them that were probably too expensive. I get it. But at the same time, there's solid players. I'm I'm pretty excited about about this. Like, I was worried about losing Onyakuru. I was worried about losing Lookman. You know, but at the same time now, I, 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 there's potential that we're looking at here. I just have a lot of faith in. My, it really comes down to Marcel Bronze. I got faith. You know, um, so let's talk about some of those names. Um, let's uh, let's start. We were talking about uh, Neris off off camera a little bit. So let's let's talk about about him to start off with. And some information came out today 
So a lot of stuff dropping today uh, about this fellow. Um, so do you want to you want to go into that, Andy? Yeah, sure. Obviously, the rumor today. I think the rumor today with Ajax is Ajax wanted him to stay, so they've offered him a new contract. Uh, from what I've heard of other, of some people, is that uh, you know Everton probably were looking at him, but the price we sort of fell down the list because of the price because Ajax want roughly about fifty million pounds for him, which is a lot of money for someone coming from Holland. We've seen in the past some players work from Holland, some players don't. So I think Marcel Brands will be looking at it more as someone who can hit the ground running, or certainly quicker than, than probably Neres would. Uh, and I think Ajax, as I said, and said they didn't want to lose as many players. He's a, he's a good player. He didn't have a great Copa America, lost his place to Everton. Mm-hmm. Obviously not the club, the player. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's, he's a good player. Don't be wrong. And I, you know, I would have been happy, happy if we signed them. But I think the other the other people that we're looking at, I think someone such as Malcolm would be much more much better signing for us personally. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Terry was was Neris one of those names that was kind of. Getting your blood pumping, getting you getting you pretty excited when when somebody when when people started mentioning him. Basically, you saw those photos of Richarlison and him, you know, playing around. You're like, Agent Richarlison, look look what's look what's happening, you know. Uh, but was he one of those exciting names for you? Because it was for me. I know. Yeah, yeah, he was because I got well on the the Nero's hype train, and I think it it became more exciting the more it seemed realistic. Like you know he. Rich Allison mentioned, you know, he just came out and spoke about the links and that he'd spoken to the player and, you know, tried to tell him, you know, you know, be good if you came and whatnot. Then you start to, as we do with any, you know, transfer for a young, like, attacking player, you, you know, you start getting excited when it seems like it could be a goer. But when you actually, you know, take a step back and, and you look at it coldly, I don't think it's ever really been on the cards. I don't, I can't remember Ajax very often letting these young players go after one season. They usually do two, don't they? And he's he's sold two, but it's just, I think that they've already sold, obviously, to like De Jong. I don't imagine they want to sell many more. Maybe Zayat shall go. I'm not too sure about that. But as you say, they don't really like to sell a lot of players at once because otherwise they haven't got a whole new team in. They want to build yeah. off last season's success. Yeah. No, exactly. He, he He's way down the list of people they want to sell. He'd have to get a, a ridiculously large offer to consider it because of the other players they've sold. And I don't think we're in the in the frame of mind to be making ridiculously large offers. I think we're trying to be more economical with our money. But yeah, I was excited at the idea. But there's other, the other players you're going to mention now. You know, I'm excited for some of the, those as well. So, well, uh, just to stay with you, Terry, uh, possibly a similar issue with a, another exciting player, Nicolas Pepe. Um, possibly same issue as far as price. Um, no, I don't think that's the issue. I think we'd pay it if we could get him. There's no way he's not going to a Champions League team mm. for me. I think I don't think any any big Champions League team, or even let, let's not say Champions League team. I don't think Man United, for example, would let us get a player that good when they are in the market for a right winger. I think um, we're just a bit unfortunate at the minute that I think he'll have bigger and better offers. Nicholas Pepe, he'd be a dream. He'd be brilliant out of the list of players. He's you know had the best season just coming off last season, but. I'm just a bit. I put my realist hat on when it comes to um, to Pepe. I don't think some of the bigger clubs on the market will allow us to steal a march there. He's, you know, there's be other suitors for him. Well, I accidentally i, I took i took uh, something that Andy had put on Twitter. I think it was yesterday or day before, and I set you up with that question, Terry, because I knew I was going to be asking Andy the same thing. You mentioned you thought price may be an issue with him because it was uh, a little bit early for us to be going that high. 
because uh, I mean, what is it? The the fifty fifty five million something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, to, to be honest, I, I, I've been watching Nicholas Pepe for two seasons now. I probably should have signed him last summer before he had this season. Really, he was available for between twelve and fifteen million pounds, and one great season obviously can get that price goes way way high. Um, you know, it's not that I don't think he's worth the money. Certainly, as Terry says, he's a fantastic player, scores goals, creates goals. It's just that I think with the way Everton are built, we need what four or five more players. If you go big on him, you need Zuma still to come in. You've already signed Gomez. That takes the bit the, the, the you know the outgoing over 110 million really, and then you still need a centre forward, maybe another centre midfielder, and maybe a right back. So I think that's why brands will be sort of looking for the under 40, the under under 40 mark because. You could spread it out more. You're getting you're trying to get quality and quantity as well. And that I don't be wrong, I think Everton could afford to pay sixty million pounds for a player, no problem. And if we, if we were one player away from say winning a title or something, I think we'd just you know, we'd pay 70, 80 million, no problem. It's just that we're not at this moment and brands wants us to sort of get that quality into who's got an established side and then he can start adding to it. So speaking of players a little bit less expensive, but pretty damn talented, um, let's go Malcolm. So, being the Twitter stalker that I am, I stalk. It happens. You know, just a little light <laughs> stalking. That's all it is. I No, I tend to lurk because I worry I'm not going to add too much to Twitter conversation. Uh, Andy, you had mentioned, you had given several hints that you thought Malcolm was going to be a target for a while. And they were pretty, mm. they were pretty subtle. But I saw him, you know, and I was a lot, of know, was a lot of winks and sly, sly smiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as you know, logically, he makes the most sense. We've got a, we've already got an existing relationship with Barcelona. Uh, he is the type of player that coming from the French league. The physicality is similar to our league, where if you look at the Eredivisie, where um, Neves, Neres plays. It's it's much like the league. The, the physicality is in the same. So he's more of a player that I think can hit the ground running than someone like Neres. He's very he's a very good player. You know, unfortunately went to Barcelona. You know, Lionel Messi's the right winger for Barcelona. There's not really much scope for him to play there, is there really? So, you know, he's a fairly talented player. And, and the way we play, which is, I think there was some um, some graphs that came out today that we are one of the quickest sides to get the ball up the pitch in the Premier League in terms of the speed of play. He is lightning fast. He can sort of, you know, shift the gear, gear and get us up the pitch earlier. And he can create and score goals. So I think he'd be a good fit, really. Yeah, every time I've seen him, he's been exciting at the very least. Um Terry, uh, you you cool with you cool with Malcolm and, and not spending the additional twenty million? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it seems like it, it seems like a good deal for a player like that if we can make it happen. Yeah, I mean he'd be a great fit, I think, for what we're trying to looking to build. He's he's um, he started off in my mind in the summer like Pepe. I thought there's no way we'll get him. There'll be other clubs in for him, but slowly over the summer, I've sort of climbed down from that position a little bit, and I think. Given the relationship the brands has developed with um, with Barcelona, that it could it could happen. Barcelona obviously need money. That you know some of the deals they're trying to do, and you know we we must be a dream for them. We're just turning up every few days with the, you know a you know sacks full of Premier League cash, looking to buy players they don't play. We're someone to do that for the likes of Aralas for us, and <laughs> but uh, you know I'll drive them there as well, saving the cost. <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, I I I think he'd he'd be great. He's for me, he's one of the like Anthony's one of the lower risk um, targets that we've been linked with, just because he's come from uh, was he at Bordeaux for Barcelona? Yeah, yeah you know he, there you know puts him in a little bit better stead. I know the French league gets a hard time, but it's certainly higher quality than than the Dutch league, for example. Um, and as you say, you know Brands is building a team of you know 
quality players, but on like reasonable prices. If you look at, um, you know, Yuri Tillemans went to Leicester City, great player, I really like him, but for £40 million, and we got Andre Gomez for half of that, and, you know, Luca Dean, we got for £18 million, and, you know, I think that's brands as, you know, uh, MO is going to be looking to, you know, around that sort of 20 to 35 sort of bracket, build a foundation of a quality team and then you can add on top of that and then if you have to sell a young superstar for 100 million say Richarlison in a few years maybe then you've already got the you know the structure in place that you can just go right just replace the the Atletico Madrid model if you will I'm sure those clubs before them who did it it as well but um, yeah I think he's probably the most realistic at the at this time time of I'll just say, Brands basically is, is looking at an inefficiency in the transfer market. Big sides got bloated squads with quality players that would do, you know, would be coming to teams like Everton and probably be one of our best players. You know, in fact, so basically he's picking them up for cheaper prices because Barcelona, like Terry said, are probably looking to get a lot of money basically because they've got Neymar and Griezmann on the way. Uh, so we, we can sort of play off that and get lower, get get them in for lower prices, like we did with Dean, like we did with Andre Gomez, because we were basically the only, you know, the ones with the strongest possible hand in the market. I think Malcolm, we might have a bit from Arsenal as a to fend off, but I think again, maybe he, he, he's more guaranteed a place with Everton than he would be at Arsenal. So, um, and just to be clear, this does need to be a permanent, correct? It does, yeah. I spoke to someone last night and basically said they couldn't get And I've also checked it myself that you can't get a work payment from on loan because the way it works is the fee would make up the most of the, the points that you would get. And without that fee, you can't you, you, you take them points away and you come under the, the, the four points that you'd need to get a work permit. So, yeah, it would have to be a permanent deal, yeah. Um, one more player that we've heard mentioned, but I don't actually know. I don't. It doesn't seem like it would be on. Is uh, Irving Lozano? I mention it mainly just because I've, I have, I've seen the player play a lot because he plays for Mexico. So I've been following him for a really long time. He was like the young, exciting player from Mexico that burned us several times, and <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, I but uh, it seems like uh, you know PSV want like a pretty elevated price for him is, is and maybe more in, in terms of what we're willing to risk for a player from the Dutch league. It's a similar situation, except he looks even like, <coughs> I would say a little even lighter build than Neris. You know, he looks mm. even more slight of frame. So, uh, yes. and I'm not too sure if it was, did he play in the gold cup? He did not. Lazano, did not. I haven't seen much. Okay, so I, I was sh- I'm not too sure. Supposedly he's going to Napoli, but the price, as you said, that PSV want a heavy price. I think over mm-hmm. forty million, and I think they're trying to get that down as well. Because obviously they're trying to get Hamas Rodriguez as well from Real Madrid. But as far as I'm aware, it, that is the issue with Brands. He won't pay the price for, for Lozano. And again, it's another right footed player, someone who probably wants to play on the left. Again, we've already got enough players there, so it's probably just a log jam. I, mean, I know a lot of Evertonians would love to see him, but just not right the right time. Um, so if Lugman leaves. Uh, we, we we effectively need two uh, wingers. Does this does this give uh, Josh Bowler an opportunity? I think he's he's going on loans a whole. I think it's it's, it, it's going to be it, announced really? tomorrow. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. How yeah, have I, I missed Jar- that? I think they'll stop Jared Bowen. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think Jared Bowen will probably be sold by Hull. I'm not too sure to who. Mm. Maybe a Sheffield United, some of that ilk. Uh, and then open up a place for him in the side. Gavin McCann, Grant McCann, sorry, he's a very progressive manager. So it's a good loan. It'd be a good loan yeah. for him. Really spend the championship week in, week out, yeah. Yeah, I saw several loans will probably be announced today, but I didn't realize his was one of them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Dow as well. That's, the, that's the one I heard well, about. Yeah, yeah the, bo- the bowler one only came out um, in the last like hour or two, really. Yeah. 
on, on Twitter. So yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, Andy, you've been pushing, hoping for that for a while, just because you, you know I've seen you say before that you're the manager um, <laughs> for you know for development reasons. Um, but if if Luckman goes, then you've got um, Bernard, Richarlison, and you know as much as we don't want to say, and a lot of a lot of fans don't want to. I think Walcott has a place, like you know, for better I, or worse. I just spaced on Walcott. Forgot he was even. Oh, that's awful. Uh, that's the worst. <laughs> he's not pushing off the benches and he lacing games with that pace. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to see. I don't want to see him start like 20, 12, 15 games. But lacing a game when the game stretch, it's not a bad option to have off the bench. He can score. He gets in the right positions. Still, he just doesn't pull the trigger. Plus, he's very coachable. He seems to take instruction really well and uh, do what he's supposed to. He experience as yeah. well. Yeah, you do. You need that sort of. He's probably good. Good influence in the sense that he probably trains hard. I think that's why Silver probably likes him. Well, that's that's exactly it. If we're looking to build a very, very young, um, you know, progressive team. Then, you know, some of the older, you know, players around don't necessarily have to be like big name voices in the dressing room, but they need to be good examples. And you know, from everything we've heard, Walcott is like the you know the model citizen, isn't he? Like he trains really well, and like you know, he's very professional. And you know, the same as when he was at Arsenal, he does dip off in formats, but he's not he's not one of these like. I, I think it would be harsh to describe him as dead wood. Kevin Morales, again, is dead wood. Players who literally cannot offer anything to the team. Walcott over a season can offer something. But if you've got three better wide forwards, then obviously he's the fourth mm-hmm. man. Um, and he's older. So it's not like we sell Walcott and keep Luckman. And then your fourth choice is another kid who doesn't play. Walcott's developed to the point he's going to develop to now. So he's he is a good player to have as cover for young players. You don't want everyone to be young because then not only half of them develop, basically. You also, you know, obviously we'll have the, probably the four wingers and then you've got Anthony Gordon who'll probably be on the under-23s this year. He's a, if, if needed, he, he can sit on, the, come sit on the bench for whatever reason. I think we'll be fine at wing, you know. Obviously we've got, like, you know, we've got Leighton Baines as well. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll be coming in as well. So Leighton Baines can play further forward if need, but, you know, if need be in a, in a pinch. So I think we've got the wing covered. I don't think if we, you know, we saw Luckman would be short. I think just the, the one okay. wing would do. Okay, that's one of the things I'd seen people mentioning, do we need two? So... Very probable we'll we'll roll with one, whoever that might be. Very might be very well might be Malcolm. All right, so so we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we continue this Everlona trend. Uh, yeah, totally totally <laughs> down with that relationship. Very down with that. Yeah, we keep, we keep getting good young play, good players off them. They can they can sign all the players they want. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, and that's 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 a, young. and that's the thing. Like I think that there's a. There does seem to be a trend now in terms of like the thinking at the club where uh, I think as we go, these players like Adrissa Gay, who seemingly want to go, if we can get a decent price for them and get a good deal on them, which I think we probably will with him, um, we're going to hate to see him go and he's a valuable piece, but we're just so used to wanting to hang on to those pieces for as long as we can. But Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's a different world now. In terms of what Everton are, you know, yeah, if you, you know, Gay's the, the things. I think either he's going to turn thirty soon, or he is thirty. You know, if, if you say we kept him for a year, you know, you sort of dwindle in your price. I'm not saying we should sell him. Only yeah. if he wants to go and there's a good price, I mean, should we sell him? We shouldn't actively look to sell him. And if Paris Saint Germain come in, I can't see why we wouldn't sell him. It's a great opportunity for him. He is 
getting up there in age, you know, we should probably let him go as long as we've got a replacement ready. I think we probably got, we probably have because I think Marcel Brands thinks he is in the future anyway. So as long as that happens, but you know, if Gay wants to go, so be. I think whereas in the past we'd be yeah. scrambling looking for another player to replace. I think Brands has probably already got a list of Gay replacements ready. So I'm trying to imagine really. Marcel Brands scrambling anywhere. He's just so like calm, <laughs> no, and chill, and floats, floats uh, there. just like a rock. That guy. All right. So I guess that's uh, anything else we want to add, wingers, forwards. That situation? No, Bertrand Traore's been... That been was the other player I wanted to mention. Yes. Yeah, I know a lot of... I know, you know, he's, he can be inconsistent, but again, there was an interview with Silva a couple of weeks ago in Portugal where he, he described his sort of ideal style of wingers, one being Bernard, who gets close to Sigurdsson, you know, outside of the box and is looking to create, and the other being someone like Richarlison who gets in the box and sort of adding the goal. So I think, you know, a Traore would be a similar type to a, a Richarlison, whereas a Malcolm... Again, so you can play do both roles where you can get in the box, but you can also sort of create as well. So I think that's the type mm. they're looking for, really. Yeah, Traore is one of those where I was not as excited, but I do think he has the potential to to add to the squad. I think there's a player there. It just yes. depends on what what your squad needs, and I was wasn't sure about him, but. Yeah, he's a good player. He's played the Premiership before, so I think that that's a consideration as well. Again, because it's it's a you know it's always a risk when you adapt into the Premier League, and with him already playing ten games plus for Chelsea, knows what it's like. So I think that's a consideration for Brands really. All right, so so I guess that's it. Talk about the the Everton forward situation. Maybe see somebody coming in sometime this summer. Yeah, probably, and yeah, we may see some go. <laughs> Let's talk Joe Williams. Um, uh, he's a young player that I think it's easy to forget about this fellow because he's been on loan a lot in recent years. Um, and he usually performs well on loan. And he's one of those where at the beginning of the summer, there's always talk. Is this the year for Joe Williams to join the first team? Is this the year? Well, there's this other player who might just edge him out. And so he ends up going somewhere. Last season, it was, it was a Bolton, which was a really... Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's an intense situation over there right now. Um, and he, but he played well, had a good season. Uh, Andy, you want to talk a little bit about Joe? Because I think the the question is that we'll get to eventually. Uh, what should be the plan with Joe Williams? And if he's in the first team setup, how do we use him and all that kind of stuff? So we'll get I, to those. But I think, you know, do, do, what you think people need to remember about Joe is obviously he went to Barnsley uh, last season, the season before he did well there. Then Bolton last season, obviously Bolton had tremendous amounts of problems with paying wages and what have you not. But, you know, he performed well again. You know, he's a, he's a, you know, I'd say he's a very physical midfielder. He wins the ball back and progresses the ball forward. He's someone who can be useful, really. And I think he has got a talent. And I think Marcus Silva's on record saying he does like Joe. Um, I think last season he was going to give him a run in pre-season, but Joe got injured early in pre-season and it never really worked out for him. I think what they're going to do this summer is give him, give him the whole of pre-season and then at the end of pre-season, if he's going to be the fourth, fifth, maybe you know, fifth centre midfield, I think he may stay. Or, again, they may send him out on loan somewhere again to give, give him some minutes, maybe higher up the championship in a more you know favourable situation, but maybe push him for promotion. But he's a, he's a very good player, to be honest with you. He performed well in the championship last season. You know, I looked at some of the data before. He really shows up well in terms of winning the ball back, getting the ball forward, getting the ball into the box in terms of passing. So he's someone who can be very useful, say, if a game was injured or and, and Schneiderlin was injured. I'm not too sure if both will stay, but, you know, if that, if that type of player. You know, he'd be, he's a good addition. You know, he's more physically ready than Tom Davis. He's not the quickest, I'd say, uh, but he's a good player. And I think he's the type of midfielder Marcus Silva could definitely use. 
So, uh, in this particular, in the system that Silva is running right now, um, I know Davies came out, was it today or the day before, recently, where he said, you know, I see myself as someone who plays a little bit further forward or farther forward so that he would be more of a backup to Sigurdsson, kind of, you know, playing in that kind of role in a way. Um, I, it was just funny because you know, we've had the discussions many times. Is he more of a, you know, replacement for a, uh, Andre Gomez type? And we know he's not a direct replacement for Idris Gay. That doesn't make sense in terms of his skill set or whatever. But uh, compare. Let's compare Joe Williams to some role that's already present in our in our team right now in terms of those central mids. I suppose you could say he's, he's a lot like Garner Gay, you know, in the sense that he wins the ball. And obviously he's a higher rate because no one wins it back as much as Garner does. But, you know, he's someone who wins the ball back. And he's, he's a good passer of the ball as well. I think, you know, I would have said about eight months ago, Garner's not a great on the ball. But whatever happened after the PSG rooms, I think, you know, he's, he seems to come up. He's a completely different player, sort of, than I for Senegal. Just driving forward, you know, he's, he's been unbelievable since then. So, yeah, I'd say he's, he'd replace, he'd more likely replace Gay in that, in that system. With, with, with you saying Tom Davis is a 10, we play, there's obviously different types of number 10s. Gilfie Sigurdsson's more of a second striker, really, someone who gets in the box. Tom's not physically up to that, if I'm honest. Yeah. He, he can't turn a man. You know, it is up to him to, I think, physically develop, actually. That's one thing I've mentioned before about him. But, yeah, I think Joe's probably would play the Garner role, maybe. Or even, mm-hmm. it depends on who you're playing, the, the, the Gomez role. If you're going to be playing a little bit more defensively, you have, like, two more defensive-minded players in there. I think Joe could play there as well. Gotcha. Yeah, I was trying to wrap my brain around it if he were to stay would this be like i mean i think we we assume that uh james mccarthy's probably going to be on his way we have no idea what's going on with schneiderlin i think the the thought was he'd he'd probably go because of his wages um because you know to, to figure out a way to get those off the books however he played very well at the end of the season um it depends on whether he's satisfied with his role and with the money he's getting now uh whether or not he'll stay right um I don't know. I, I was just trying to do the math of all on all of our center mids that with that group, that big it's lump. Yeah, it's very yeah. complicated. You know, if you think about it, you know, you know, Schneidlin, a hundred thousand pound a week. Is he going to get that somewhere else at his age now? So he may not want to move. It's depend- it obviously depends on his appetite for playing. I think there's certain obviously teams in France that will probably take him. But the way I see it is in an, an ideal situation to have Gay and Gomez start the season. Really, if Gay it doesn't leave, and then maybe we'll get a third centre midfield. We'll buy one in. Whether that's Fabian Delphino, we've been linked with Fabian Delphino, or Everton fans weren't too happy about that. But and then you'd have Davis, Davis and, and Joe Williams, maybe as a sort of just to bring the wages down because you don't really need four high-priced centre midfielders in the system we play. We've got Gilfie Sigurdsson as number ten, so I hope that's the way it works out. But it depends on obviously Silva. Obviously, has got probably a different view of it. He's not probably so minded as Marco Marcel Brands is in the fact that he has to keep the wages down. I suppose he probably would like Schneiderlin because he's the only natural number six we have, and that. And if you want to play four three three, you need number six, and Schneiderlin's probably our only natural one, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Sorry, Jay. The problem um, Joe Williams is going to have is how many players are in his way. I mean, you're such on it there. I mean, you know, there's forget Schneider and forget Gay. You know, there's question marks over them. There's still James McCarthy. There's still Mo Bezic. There's still Benny Beningami. Like you know, remember him. There's a lot of central midfielders who have sort of clogged up that um, that part of the squad. And let's be honest, the three I've just mentioned, maybe Beningami. Are not going to play. They've got no, you know, few, they've got no future at the club, or they don't seem to. Mm-hmm. So it, Williams basically just got to have a look at: Will I? Will if those players go out the door? Um, 
and we don't bring in a Fabian Delph, then he probably thinks, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in the mix. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to play games. Whereas if not all of those players go, or they do, and we bring in Delph, he's probably sitting there and going to think, you know, I'm not going to play. I'd rather go and play. I think he's got offers from German clubs, hasn't he? Um, uh, oh yeah, that's right. German clubs are interested. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you know, obviously that's a well walked, a well, you know, a much walked path at the minute for young English players to go out and you know establish themselves in Germany and you know, you know, get the careers boosted when they're they're sort of stolen in England. And he's what twenty two now, Joe Williams. He's probably yes. at the age mm-hmm. to be yeah. thinking that he, he hasn't got. He's not like eighteen when he's got like a couple of years to you know feel things out. I think we the decision one way or the other by the club and by you know Joe is going to be made this summer whether he's going to stick around and be an Everton player. Or he's going to say, you know what, I'm not just going to go on perpetual loan moves. I'm going to, you know, go and try and, you know, play somewhere properly. I think in that in, in that sense, I think Everton maybe would smart if, if that's the case. Smart with Silver Luxor at the end of the preseason moves. Sorry, Joe, I haven't got a place for you. Maybe we do sell him, but we put a buyback clause in for a year's time. You know, I think Everton needs to be smart about this going forward. You know, it doesn't seem you know we should, for a player like Joe Williams, you say he went to I don't know Germany. Not too sure where, or he went to say, for example, a derby and did really well for the season. We could bring him back, see what happens then. But yeah, that's something we should look at. Really, I wouldn't like to. I, I think Everton, you know, would really should really start looking at that where they don't keep players till 24, 25, like Conor McElhaney a couple of seasons ago or Luke Garbutt. These players don't need to be at the club that long. These people like sent out and let, let them go and play. If you want them back, put a buyback clause in. And I'm assuming that is something. It seems like there's a movement toward trying to solve that issue. You know, the idea of not holding on to these players. Uh, I, I, I don't want to infer that it's sentimental reasons, but it's the fact that you see some spark in them. You see some talent. And you're like, the time may be for you in a little while. You know, we may have room in a little while. Just when this player gets a little older, we'll bring you in. You know, like I think feel like at some point in the near future, we're not going to be holding on to a 24-year-old who's never played first team football. You know, I just don't, I, I feel like we're moving in that direction. And this does feel like I, Terry, I, I agree what you said, a very pivotal <laughs> said pivotal with El Pivote in the air. Hey, hey, but <laughs> Jesus, uh, I'll get my coat. Now uh, it's a big year for him. This summer is huge for him. And so, yeah, I, I think we are going to figure out whether or not he's going to have any Everton future. Maybe at the the end of July, beginning of August. I think that's going to be we're going to figure that out. Um, Terry, uh, if it's a situation where we keep a young English player who's been with the club for a while, or we bring in, let's say, uh, a low priced veteran who maybe doesn't have a whole lot of future left, if you have a choice. You know what I mean? Like both being equal, it seems like you gain a lot from either way. You know? Um, I don't know. Depends on the player. Like looking at it this way, um, Matthew Pennington has been kept around for so long, and he's the same age as Jerry Mina. Now, which one's going to start at the first game of the season if they're both you know here and available? Sometimes you can keep a player too long, and and if you've kept them so long and not played them, then they don't offer as much as that older player. It's just about finding the right balance. Like if you, if we start this season and we've got a couple of injuries and the first game in centre midfield, we've got um, Andre Gomez and Fabian Delph or Andre Gomez and Joe Williams who spent last year on loan at Bolton and he's probably going to go out the team and never be seen again once Garner's fit. 
depends on the player. Like it, it entirely depends on the player. I would much, much prefer Joe Williams to come in and smash it and be a you know proper Everton player like, than buy an, an agent player. But you, not every academy player you know makes the he makes the cut for the Premier League. Some of them, some of them are, but they can't do it here. They need like look at Shane Duffy was here for a long time. Didn't really get an established run. Went out. He's come back to now. He's an established Premier League defender. Some of them need to go elsewhere, and they don't even necessarily need to come back after that. They just—it's the wrong club at the wrong time for them. Joe Williams may be another case of that, where he needs to go out to Germany, to somewhere else, play, become a player, and then either we go back in for them, or we go. You know what? You had a you know good spell here, but it was wrong time, wrong club. As Terry says, on the on the flip side of obviously bringing them back, he, as you say, you just let them let them go. I think Everton need to start turning the young players into profit, really, in the sense that you, know, you need to build these players by sending them out on loan early. You know, look at Liverpool selling Brad Smith, Jordan Ivan, players like that for ridiculous sums. You know, we can't even get a million pounds for some of our best young players for whatever reason. It's just because I think they do a much better PR job than us. So if you send them out, you know, instead of waiting until Morgan Feeney's 21 to send them out, send them out to 18, 19, get them that experience. And then when he comes back, think, Morgan's probably not the right time for you. I think we'll let you, you know, go. I, I hope you don't with Morgan Feeney, obviously. That's just an example. But I think that's something we need to look at, really. It's, it, I think we spoke about it before, Jerry, about the pathway of players. That that's, that needs to be looked into. We can't, as Terry says, hold on to them forever. And Because, as, as you say, Terry, you know, Matty Pennington is still with a contract with the club. Yeah, he mean at the same age. It's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous, really. I think that the ills of the past will be fixed by brands on that front, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's the, I was thinking about the same thing, uh, Andy, when we were talking about these. And I think when we see these young players going on loan instead of staying to play U23, you know, that's good. The idea of Josh Bowler going out, awesome. That's yeah. great. Let's 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 throw him in the championship. Let's see how he, how he does. Let's see see how it, how it works for him. Let's see what he's made of, and then we'll talk to him in the summer next year. You know, if you're decisive, if you're decisive early enough as well, you don't end up with examples like when we had Galloway coming back and Browning and and yeah. we, you know you're basically just trying to give them away at that point because it hasn't worked out. But this this decision could have been made earlier. Like we you know we we could have. There was ta- there was a time where both of those players would have fetched decent money for us, but we you know we dawdled on it and we missed that boat, and then they probably both gone for nothing. I think Marcel Brands has probably looked at because if you look at the Dow going to Derby, he trusts Philip Koku, so that's mm-hmm. that's a plus. Because you, you sent Dow to the wrong manager, like what happened in the second half of the season at Forest under Karanku, who's defensive manager, that that can happen. Same with Benning in the last season with with uh, Paul Cook. So and and again with with Bowen, he's going to a progressive manager in, in McCann, and hopefully if Bowen leaves, then that will leave him with a spot. I think Brands is thought about this. I think we have to be much more careful where we send. As you use the example of Galloway and Brown, and mm. they had the horrible year at Sunderland. They've never been the same as players. Well, Brown's doing actually quite well in China, but yeah, good because <laughs> I didn't know how he was doing in China. So I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, international for China. I think I think he's going to get his passport or something like that. You said, Jack. I don't know how that works, but. Yeah, good for him, you know. <laughs> good for him. As long as it doesn't come back to bite us, I'm good, you know. It's, yeah. So, uh, final thoughts: Is Joe Williams going to be in the first team setup at Everton come the first game of the season, first Premier League game of the season this year? Ask me again on August first. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm going to lean towards he'll be out on loan, but I, you know it's 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 totally up to him and how he takes his chance. I do hope. 
you know, we are smart and we, you know, we don't hold on to these high priced players. We do try and get a pathway for these players. But then again, maybe it isn't best that he just sits on the bench all season. As Terry said, maybe it's better if he does go out on loan, you know, as I say, come in one game and then disappears for the rest of the season. So fingers crossed for him. I hope he does well. And didn't he get a goal on Sunday? Didn't yes, he got a free kick off and right hand corner. Yeah. yeah, clever little, you know, kept it low. Hey, can't, can't go wrong with Works that. for me. All right. Yeah. Uh, I am. I am also going to predict he goes out on loan. I don't want him to. I, I hope he. I hope he absolutely smashes it this this summer. I hope he does. But I don't know. I'm. I, I just think we've got we've got a lot of pieces in there. It's very clogged. So, all right, guys. So uh, that's it for our Joe Williams segment. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for if you know your history. The Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Andy in a uh, Toffee's Cage match of wit and might. Uh, so it's a starting 11 quiz, uh, gentlemen. Uh, so the way this works, Andy, I, I actually get to explain this to you and not just to the people who are listening in the ether. Uh, so the way this works is I will tell you, gentlemen, uh, a game, a, an historical game. Uh, I'll tell you the score and the teams involved. Uh, and you will tell me Everton's starting 11. And after we do that, then we'll move on to the subs that played. And if we're still tied after that, we'll do unused subs. And we, I just have a lot of information here. So tiebreakers abound is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so it, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Andy, I'm going to let you call it today for people listening. Actually, I mean... <laughs> The video I'm shooting now is not going to be used anyway, so hey, hey. so just so you know, I, I'm flipping a ridiculous thing. Uh, if David were here, Dave would give me flack and say this is the worst flipping mechanism you've used yet. Uh, it is a mouse pad, guitar in shape, from Fender. Not like they're one of our sponsors or anything, it's just a Fender mouse pad. Andy, if you can give me a, a call of heads or tails. I'll go with the heads. It is heads. So... Andy, would you rather go first or second? I'll go second. I'll, I'll see how it goes. Second. Put him on the, put him on the spot. All right, Terry. Uh, so if we could... Uh, no, no, you don't... No, don't begin the intense quiz music yet. i got to read the thing. All right. This particular game, the game in question, gentlemen. The 4th of February, 2012. Oh, boy. Wigan won, Everton won. Okay, so begin intense quiz music. It's a builder, and it gradually gets up, ramps up, and there it is, I'm sure. So, Terry, what do you got for me? 2012. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to go with Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines. That is a hit. This is like a battleship. You know, it's a hit. Well done. Uh, Andy, what do you got? I'll, I'll go with uh, Tim Howard. Tim Howard. That's a hit. Yes, Timmy. Timmy did start that one. Uh, what do you got, Terry? Um, Akicha Yelovich. So, he was not a starter, but he came in. He entered the game in the 60th minute. 
So technically, mm. yes, that that is a hit. Andy, what do you got? Phil Jagielka. I don't see him on here. Ah. I don't see him on here. All right. Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, he's not on here. I don't know what happened. Oh. I'm assuming he did not play, or he and he was injured. All right. Uh, and since and since Terry started, that's <laughs> that's that's the end of the quiz at this moment. Uh, I do think we should continue. <laughs> In a more relaxed fashion, knowing that it's over, still going back and forth. Uh, so, uh, can you give me another name, Andy? Yeah. Uh, once again, I'll go with Seamus Coleman on the right-hand side. He is also not on there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> These mainstays. Uh, we're, not, we're not in. I am, then. Yeah, go on. Uh, Terry, what do you got? Um, Phil Neville didn't he score an own goal yes he game? did he did Phil Neville came in the game in the 46th minute for Tim Cahill Tim Cahill still in Evans, oh, 2000. I just gave oh. you an answer well it's over anyway but yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was going to start with Cahill and then bottled it because I thought he might have gone by then yeah I thought he was, he was on last legs by then yeah okay so Phil Neville I actually said Tim Cahill so that's one I gave you Centre. I guess we have to go with the big man Flaney. Yes, he was in. <laughs> what do you got, Terry? Um, Victor Anichibi. Yes, he uh, he scored. So uh, yeah, you guys have named, you've named both of the gold score goal scorers. <laughs> He scored, good God. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of the few games he scored in. Yeah, uh, Tony Hibbert. Tony Hibbert started. Yes, he did. Yeah, there's only one or two could be the right back here. Yeah. <laughs> no Jags, centre back. Oh, I Terry? Steven Pino? Yes. What date in February did you say, sorry? February 4th. Landon Donovan? Yes. Yes! <laughs> the man himself. <laughs> nice. That's clever. Uh, you worked that. I, I, yeah. I saw I saw something click. I saw that light bulb appear. There's right? a glint in my eyes. <laughs> I had the date, yeah. Terry? Darren Gibson? Yes. Sylvan the Milkman? Yes. This time? <laughs> He stays up at half four. Um, was it John Heisinger? Yep. Oh, God, he was awful. It was not the season one player of the season. I think so. I used to love him. Really? I, I, I did that season, yeah. I absolutely loved him. I don't know what was wrong with me. So that was when Yelovich came in for the second half of the season, wasn't it? 2012, and he was banging all them goals in. Uh, right, so. Up front was an Ichibi. You said Tim Kale was playing, so I'm missing another centre midfielder, which would have been. I would have been. I don't think this player that started is a centre mid. Okay, right, okay. Neville and, Neville and Gibson will have been centre mid. Oh, did, no, no. Did, Neville came on, didn't he? Yeah. 
So Kale would have been 10, then you would have had Landon Donovan on the right, left would have been obviously Pinar. Arteta had left a year earlier, hadn't he, maybe? Yeah. So that would leave. Fellaini and Gibson. Fellaini and Gibson were in centre midfield. That's right. Then it's the other centre back. Then isn't it? We're missing. No, no we've got both. We've got two centre backs. Okay. Got right back, left back. Right, we've got the back four. Yes. Two centre midfielders. Goalkeeper. We haven't got the starting striker. That's right. We got that. Oh, Dan. Come on. And a came on, and so did Yelovich. So whoever started up front. Mm-hmm. Louis Saha. No. No. But it's, he just gone. He's just gone up in January. <gasps> I know who it is. Do you? Is it Apostle Melias? No, no. Is it? No, it is then. I don't. Oh. Starts the front, 2012, with Moise. <gasps> I think I know. No? Do I know? You might. It... I, I think it's, it's a good one. Is it the strap? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to that. <laughs> yeah, to, you deliberately put that out your memory. <laughs> just run, just ran in straight lines. <laughs> uh, so uh, unused subs in that game. Yet uh, was it Jan Mucha, uh, Royston Drinte, uh, oh, Magai Gay, and uh, Shane Duffy. Uh, Do you remember Magai Gay's column? The pitch. It was the weirdest picture ever. <laughs> no, what was it? <laughs> was he really? <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's just it was just obviously all Everton players opposed, and Brisbane's just starts. He was the you'd never seen him really at that point. <laughs> so he always had the um, the infamous sort of tag of being a football manager player, hadn't he? Like I think Moise right. found him on Football Manager, and then was stupid enough to admit that. So then everyone was like, "Your manager uses Football Manager to scout play." I think because the, the fellas who own Football Manager both bigger massive Evertonians, aren't they? They call your brothers, and I think they give us the database for free as part of our recruitment. And obviously, there you go. That's probably where you found the strike as well. And we used and we used it to get my guy. <laughs> Of course, you know, well, I'm sure he got, you know, Royston Drenthe probably looked good on Football Manager as well. What a waste of talent. So, I have Wiggins mm. starters as well. Uh, was it uh, Al Habsi, Ronnie Stam, Emerson Boyce, Gary Caldwell, Maynor, Figu- Maynor Figu- Figueroa, uh, John Bosajor, uh, James McCarthy, James MacArthur, <laughs> Jordi Gomez, Victor Moses, and... Uh, I totally, Franco De Santa. Yeah, the ex-Chelsea player. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, subs were Pollitt, uh, Alcaraz. That he was there. Uh, Crusat, Ben Watson, David Jones, Rhoda Yega, and Modi Ame. All right. So that was that was a rather bizarre stroll down memory lane. <laughs> yeah, some of them players. I Moyes had Moyes had the job on his hands. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's that's it, Terry. Terry, uh, congratulations! Uh, you have you have won the the prize for for today. Uh, Andy, just so you know, the prize is being able to pick the song we close the show uh, to. Uh, so Terry is probably going to check his Spotify right now. See, the problem I've got is because I've gone for a theme every time I win that I don't know if I've picked the song before. So you might have to tell me if I have with this one. But just in tribute to our latest signing, the permanent signing of one Mr. Andre Gomez, I'm going to go with ZZ Top, Sharp Dressed Man. I don't think you have done that. I don't think you've done that. ZZ Top, 
sharp-dressed man, Ben make a note, all right? And so uh, in order to make this legal, we have to discuss it. Uh, <laughs> so, so Terry, uh, you big ZZ Top fella? Not really. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> that song's just great. And um, honestly, if you're getting ready to go out somewhere, somewhere nice, put that on and you'll walk out with confidence that you don't deserve. You will. You'll think you're. You will think you're Andre Gomez for that split second. I'll put it on for when I go to Tesco tomorrow. I'll be clicking my way down the road. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I'm not a not the biggest ZZ Top guy either. I, what's funny is uh, there's certain bands like I listen to, and my wife goes, "No women like this, Jerry." <laughs> and I feel like ZZ Top may be one of those. ZZ Top, ACDC. Yeah, uh, you know, just certain. Yeah, like ACDC. Uh, for some reason, she, I mean, ZZ Top. ACDC. Yeah. She told me she was just like, "That's a dude band." <laughs> get, your, get your foot tapping, don't be them type of bands. Uh, I heard a. Uh, we randomly heard, uh, and I'm gonna pick it one day, for whenever it's time for me to pick my song. But we've we've got Thunderstruck on my my kids like like pregame mix they like to listen to before they play. But we found this like band in I think Finland is it Finland? Uh, called uh, Steve and Seagulls that plays like a Thunderstruck version with like a banjo and an accordion and it is awesome it's so good <laughs> so great so I'm going to pick that one day because it's, the beginning is like all banjo and it's just yeah like I think that's what made him famous was doing that cover and the video is on YouTube it's, it's solid it's all one okay, take okay. it's a one take like live recording of them like in a barn it's ridiculous and they seem like they're from like some backwoodsy like north carolina town is what they seem like but no they're like finland you know they, it's awesome so yeah anyway so zz top sharp i've just thought what sorry as well just going off what you said about um to do band my wife's actually got a, a same theories that go not all men like Johnny Cash but only men like Johnny Cash she doesn't like no women like Johnny Cash and when you think about it I don't know any uh, <laughs> I know plenty of men I like, Johnny. like Johnny Cash to be fair I'm questioning uh, that my wife likes Johnny Cash I got uh, I, I got my wife listening to Johnny Cash I did yeah you've got good women <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the deciding factor it has nothing yeah. it has nothing to do with like you know love no do you like Johnny Cash you're good you are <laughs> yeah. like being a teenager you've got to you've got to like the same bands as that's the person exactly. you're with it's, important. it's so crucial when you're a teenager it's that. what they uh, in the movie High Fidelity uh, he says it's not it's not what you're like it's what you like I think that's what they say that brings <laughs> you together yeah Anyway, all right. Is that well? As we're as we're being serenaded by the soothing tones of ZZ Top, uh, it's time to end this particular episode of the Toffee Blues Podcast. Please subscribe to the Toffee Blues Podcast. We'd appreciate it um, because why not? It's like the it's like no effort. I'm just saying, it's so little to ask. Um, if you uh, and also if you're thinking, you know. I just want to know what El Pivote looks like. I've been following him on Twitter, and I've been hearing his voice. I want to see his face. Check our YouTube channel. You should check that out. It's not where not where you should see me, but my face. My voice, maybe, but not the face. <laughs> you can see what his face looks like when you hear his voice. How about that? It's... <laughs> 
so yeah, so check out the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to that. We'd appreciate it. If you want, if you want more Terry, uh, scour the streets. Okay, you'll see him in a town near you. He, you know, saving puppies and kittens and the like. Give him a hug. Pat on the back. Talk to him about politics because he loves it. Loves it. Uh, he really does, actually. Uh, so, also, if you uh, if you want a little bit more Andy, check his blog. He's able to uh, flow freely on there. L <coughs> FTBL. Check that out. Uh, and check these guys out on Twitter. Uh, the, their Twitter handle should be in the description for this episode. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got, gentlemen. Thanks so much, Terry. As always, good to see you, buddy. Nice to meet you, Terry. Take it uh, easy. Andy, thanks again, man. Always a pleasure. All right. Not nearly as intimidating in person. You know what I mean? He seems like he's just like this knowledgeable dude on Twitter. And then you talk to him. He's so damn nice. It's awesome. Anyway, Thank uh, thanks a bunch, guys. And I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'm going to go coach my coach my kids 3v3 team. Hey, thanks. Enjoy. Appreciate Enjoy it. Later, later gentlemen. Bye bye. Oh, and I forgot. Audience, bye. There we go. All right, so now we're finished. <laughs> hey, all right. Let's come in back to-